usually when a new guy comes in to the New York Jets organization, I would say, relax. Let's see how he does. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Not today. With Joe Douglas, get very excited. E-S-N-Y. This is not your normal day in New York Jets land. It's not. This guy, GM Joe, Joe Douglas, is legitimate. Of course, unless you're five years old or you don't know anything about the game, you understand anything could happen. You're a Jets fan. You know, you've seen it all. From Rich Kotite to Lou Holtz to everything in between. You've seen everything. Bill Belichick. You understand. You understand. You're just always waiting for that disaster to strike. So listen. No one's trying to sit here and tell you that a dynasty is on the horizon. And it's guaranteed. Let's let's talk real. Let, let's let's understand this. Let's not. It's sad I even have to say that, but let's start there. But this is not the same old hire. And how do we know this? We know this because what Joe Douglas stated his message on the first day of taking over is the right message. And a message that McCagnan never uttered once in four plus years. Ladies and gentlemen, football is not a hard game to figure out. Thanks to the rules, the quarterback rules the freaking roost. The quarterback is the guy. But this isn't the NBA. The quarterback can't be the only guy. We've seen plenty of stud quarterbacks have no success. Andrew Luck, when he had no offensive line. Aaron Rodgers, when he has no talent around him. The NFL is a value league, not a superstar league. And not all positions are created equal. There are 22 positions when combining the offense and defense. Certain positions are more valuable in the sense they lift the play of everybody else. Quarterback being one. And the other two, which Joe Douglas aptly revealed with no fear, which McCagnan couldn't do in four years, five drafts, is both lines, the offensive and defensive line. Here's his quote. Quarterback. That's the most important position. And he also said Sam Darnold was a huge selling point. If you want to credit McCagnan for that, go for it. But, I mean, come on. Three top ten... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Four top ten draft picks out of five seasons. You gotta hit. You gotta hit if you're in that position. Quarterback. That's the most important position. 
then both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive line. This is a game of wills, and we're going to try to build a team that can impose their will on other teams. To do that, you have to be strong up front. Not just on the offensive line, but the defensive line. Then it's about dynamic and explosive playmakers, both sides of the ball. So that's what we're looking for. Boom! Folks, you can't go into every draft and look to take the best available player. Football doesn't work that way. Your units need to be complete. Without complete units, you're hindering your players. Jamal Adams, as good as he is, he has been hindered the first two years in the league. You know why? Because the Jets' four-man conventional pass rush is among the NFL's worst. Do you, could you imagine what Jamal, the Prez, could do with a legitimate pass rush? Just a top 10 pass rush. Just a top 15 pass rush. And you can't, listen, Jets finished middle of the pack in sacks last year. You can't base it on sacks. Last year, they improved. But before that, it was garbage. It was ridiculous. With, even with Rex Ryan, they needed to blitz. They needed to draw up exotic schemes to get to the quarterback. With the rules the way they are, the three-step drop is ruling everything, and it's tougher to blitz. I'm telling you, th things have gotten so vanilla on defense because of the rules that the four-man conventional pass rush is huge. Now, you look at the Jets. They take Quinnen Williams. He's a beast. Love the kid. But that doesn't complete the defense. Now, Quinnen is hindered because he doesn't have an edge presence. So Douglas has a studly interior line. What else is new? This has been the case for the Jets for years now, and people still think it's going to work. Until he gets those edge rushers, those bookends, it won't, won't be complete. Offensively, we know it. I've been screaming about it for three years. The offensive line, the offensive line, the offensive line. You have to, there comes a point in time where you have to force it. You have to force the issue. And flip the starters in a wholesale way. McCagnan drafted three offensive linemen in 34 draft picks. This is outrageous. Even more outrageous, two of them were fifth rounders. One of them was a third rounder. Who did he acquire in free agency? Kelvin Beecham. Solid tackle, but he needs to be the second best tackle on the offense. It's not the case. James Carpenter, he hit on James Carpenter's first year. After that, Spencer Long, he felt comfortable with Wesley Johnson. He feels comfortable with Jonathan Harrison. I, I love Brian Winters. He's a good dude, but he's an average right guard. Brandon Shell, his bloodlines are carrying his name right now. I think he has more potential, but he's got to stay healthy. And again, Shell and Beecham, they need to be the second most talented tackle on the team. Next, uh, opposite of a stud. That's not the case right now, obviously. Osemele is going to be 30 by the time camp opens. We have no idea. Jets fans think the line is solved because Kalichi Osemele Guys, we don't know. 
The point is, it's not enough. And Joe Douglas understands this. Adam Gase understands this. That's why this conquer job Adam Gase pulled off, quote-unquote conquer job, is encouraging to me. He said, this is outrageous. We need offensive linemen. We needed a center. We needed Paredes or Morse. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Let's get a guy in. Joe Douglas, a former offensive lineman, mind you. Folks, be excited about that. This guy understands. And, yeah, I mean, he was sold on Darnold. That, that was a huge key. Another quote, I would say, most open positions like this, you walk into a franchise where you don't have that piece of the puzzle at quarterback. He knows he has it. Darnold does have all pro skills. The other key about this guy and why the message remains so clear and loud, it's not about best overall player or talent alone. So often over the last five drafts, it's been about just talent. Think about the suspensions. Think about some of the character issues. Chuma Edoga, while I was thrilled McCagna finally drafted a lineman, you know, a tackle to push Shell and Beecham, which was required. Center, mo more required, but... Adoga has issues surrounding him in terms of he, he doesn't have a high motor. He doesn't want to play all the time. He got kicked out for touching a ref or hitting a ref. He didn't really hit him. He made contact. It sounds worse than, than it actually is when you look at the play. But the point holds true. McCagnan over, overlooks character in so many areas. Ja'Kai Polite at the Combine, he was asked the question, when you look at yourself on film, how do you think you can improve at the NFL? Polite, what did he say as an answer? I've never seen myself on film. And that's your third round draft pick? See, McCagnan hunted for talent, talent alone. Douglas, in his message, Dandy. Dandy of quotes. He doesn't think it's just talent. He understands the intrinsic value of players. One of his quotes was, I want to find players who could build a culture of winning and who hate losing more than they love winning. I mean, it couldn't be more on point. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is a hard salary cap league. What does that mean? That means the talent across all 32 teams is very even. The parity, parity drives this league very even across 32, 32 franchises. It's the intangible, the intrinsic value that separates the winning teams from the losing teams, that culture. Not once have I really heard McCagnan stick that point out into the air. Douglas did it on day one. The intangibles, the character, the winning culture, the personality, and letting it start from the front, uh, from the trenches. A stud wide receiver does not lift the play of the offensive line like the offensive line lifts the play for the stud wide receiver. It's not even close. If the offensive line is ready to go, if it's prime time, it turns an average wide out and lets that potential 
become a possible Pro Bowl wideout. Same for running back. Le'Veon Bell does not. He does lift the play of the offensive line, but the other way around is so much more drastic. Douglas, with these messages, are so on point and so true. Now, you look at this guy's career. Started with the Ravens in 2000. Was there till 2014. That was his extended college in terms of personnel. He learned under Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom is an all-time great in personnel. There's no doubt. I don't like him as much as other people do. I think the Lamar Jackson pick last year was a, was a, hey, this is my last hurrah, let's give it a shot. But there's no doubt he's an all-time great. So Douglas was around for two Super Bowls in Baltimore. Gets his first big boy job with the Chicago Bears in 2015. Director of college scouting. That's where he and Gase paired up, got to know each other. Then it was off to Philly, 2016 through last year. Another Super Bowl. As the vice president of player personnel, that is the number two man behind the GM. And some argue, just as important as the GM. That is the boss scout, the head scout, the guy who funnels all the talent within the organization. The guy whose direction is leaned upon. Of course, the GM, Howie Roseman, has final say. But hey, this dude, this dude's aura and presence reaches so far beyond anything that McCagnan or Idzik, even Bradway, even Tannenbaum did. The key in getting this guy was relenting, and here's where the Jets deserve so much credit. Here's where Christopher Johnson deserves all the credit in the world. They offered $1.5 million initially. They doubled it to $3 million to get that guy, to get Joe Douglas, over six years. I think it's six years. If I'm incorrect, let me know. $3 million over six years. That was crucial, but the most crucial aspect was to give him final say over personnel. That's it. Now, when Parcells, Big Tuna, came, did his shopping in 97, that was pretty much the last time the Jets deployed a traditional hierarchy where owner was top dog, then the GM or VP, whoever you wanted to call it, was the boss of everything. And that was Parcells. He was also the head coach. And everything trickled down. Everyone reported to Parcells. When the Belichick madness happened, Parcells stepped back. And Leon Hess died. Woody Johnson took over. The hierarchy switched. It wasn't as uh, crisp early on in the early 2000s, but it switched. The GM and head coach were suddenly on the same playing field, the same plane, and they were both reporting to the owner. What this does is, is it opens up back channels, the possibility of backstabbing and going to the owner around the other dude's back. In a perfect world, a perfect land of chocolate Homer Simpson world, that doesn't happen because you're only going to hire the best people, right? That's not reality. 
This is the NFL. Careers are on the line. This is cutthroat league time. You, you can't get around that. That's what this is. And it's personnel. It's deciding on organizational futures with millions of money involved. You can't set it up that way fully. Now, when it really hit, they had Tannenbaum and Mangini come in in 2006. What did they do? They said this offensive line is terrible. They still had Chad Pennington, Stephen A. Smith calling him a water pistol for an arm. Did they go for the quarterback? Did they go for Matt Leinart in that what we thought was a loaded class? With Mario Williams and, and Vince Young and Reggie Bush? No. They took five offensive linemen and flipped three of them immediately. Three of the five. When I suggested McCagna needed to do that this offseason, people thought I was crazy. It's not crazy. If you need to do it, you do it and you get it done. They could have signed Parides. They could have traded back and drafted uh, the center that Minnesota got, Bradbury. They could have made it happen. They didn't. They haven't. McCagnan just doesn't think it's a premium position, which is a football sin of the highest degree. Tannenbaum and Mangini drafted to Brickishaw, Mangold, added another free agent. I forget who it was. Was it Kendall? Kendall was still there. But they flipped three of the five starters with personnel people thought was the worst in the NFL with weapons that they no one ever heard of. Jericho Cotchery, Coles was the only recognizable face. Kevin Barlow and Leon Washington were the running backs. I don't think either of them got to 700 yards that year. Chad Pennington, Coles, Cotchery, Baker at tight end, Kevin Barlow, Leon Washington, 10 wins. Why? Because this is not Madden football. This is not sports center football. If your offensive line is legit, you're going to win. Your offense is going to be good. Now, Mangini and Tannenbaum, they built those two AFC title teams. Mangini made some mistakes. He goes away. Rex comes in. Rex and Tannenbaum, they don't know each other. It works out. But then it slides. Once Rex starts to get involved in the personal a little bit, it slides. Idzik takes over. Rex stays. Again, two guys who don't know each other. Disaster. 2015, they make the switch at the same time. Bring in Bowles and McCagnan, two local boys. They surprise the hell out of everyone with an aggressive rebuild that sets the franchise back against a cupcake schedule. 10 wins, no playoffs. What happens after that? Falls apart. McCagnan and Bowles didn't know each other coming in. They tried again to do it this offseason, the musical chairs, where they get rid of Bowles, they keep McCagnan. Should never have done that. Should have got rid of both. Gase and McCagnan don't click. And if you're thinking about it from Gase's point of view, if you're on your last try as a head coach, you will do anything in your power to make sure it works. 
Can you blame Adam Gase? Would you rather have the head coach who says, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, but I'll roll with it anyway because I'm a good guy? Or would you rather have the guy who says, we're going to win here, and whatever I have to do, I will do it? I'm taking that second guy. I'm taking the guy who will do everything it can to get it done. He does it. They bring in Joe Douglas. Gase and Douglas know each other. They love each other. They're sitting in a tree. The hierarchy hasn't changed. Both of those still report to the owner, which I don't like. I, give, me, give me Douglas as the boss. Let Gase report to Douglas. That hasn't changed, but giving final say to Douglas in matters of personnel means the world. It means when Gase and Douglas butt heads over personnel, over a certain player, one guy is in charge. The Jets haven't had that in a long time. They preach the Jets' decision, which is great. I think that's a great way to preach it. But things will happen. You need to have that one guy who has final say, and they did it. Christopher Johnson learned from his mistakes. He learned. And this is what I don't get, the, the fictional apocalypse where the Jets were a laughing stock and everything was falling apart when they blindsided everyone and fired McCagnan. What it was was beat writers being emotional. Their feelings were hurt. The Jets told them everyone's safe. Everything's fine. Nothing's going to happen. And boom, when it happened, outrage. This team is a joke. They surpassed the Giants in a matter of a couple weeks. Now, listen. What that was, was Christopher Johnson learning. That was him learning from a mistake. Would you rather have him stick with the GM who's not getting the job done? Or would you rather have him fix it at an inopportune time and move forward? Again, I'm taking the second option. So now you have Douglas. Now you have Gase. And the message Douglas is preaching couldn't be more on point. My goal is to serve as a steward of this franchise. The Jets have been here long before me. They're going to be here long after me. We're going to find passionate people that love the game of football, who hate losing more than they love winning. The intrinsic value. To Jets Nation, you're getting a general manager that is a relentless worker, someone that understands a winning culture. Bingo, he understands a winning culture. Philly, do not underestimate what Philly did. And look at Philly. Tremendous offensive. Their star quarterback gets hurt, Carson Wentz. Nick Foles comes in, plays his mind out. But why did he play his mind out? Because their offensive line was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Running backs were okay. Jay Ajayi, Clement, they were okay. Receivers were okay. Alshon Jeffrey. You know, solid weapons. Nothing over the moon, but solid weapons. The weapons increase in production if the offensive line, which is nearly half the offense, by the way, 5 of 11 people, is good. You're getting someone who understands a winning culture, Someone that is going to strive to put a product each Sunday that competes for greatness and that I hope will make you proud. This guy gets it. 
This guy gets it. And that's the reason to be excited. You know, don't worry about so much how they got here. Just understand they did get here. You should have you should have questions about Gase, no doubt about it. You should have questions about Douglas, no question. I'll say this, building around a young quarterback, there was a sense of, sense of urgency in Philadelphia in that we had a young quarterback and we want to put the pieces around him. I think there's going to be that same urgency anywhere, but especially here with a young quarterback like Sam, and that's right. When the rookie, the young quarterback is on his rookie deal, that's when franchises make hay. That's when franchises build towards the championship team. We saw it in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Once he got paid, everything kind of fell apart and you couldn't afford money for everyone else. It's the same thing's going to happen here. Got to do it now. And with Jamal Adams, too, two years in. He's almost halfway through his rookie deal. The hunt never stops for players. Here's another thing he said. That they can improve immediately. They don't have to wait till next offseason. The hunt never stops for players. You know, we have the number three claim in the waiver order. We're going to use that to our advantage. We're going to comb through every waiver wire that comes out. There are a lot of different avenues to improve your rosters. The draft and unrestricted free agency are some of the highlighted avenues, but I think there are many more. Watch out. He is going to look to improve this offensive line immediately. Watch. Watch the transactions trickle in. There's going to be a lot of offensive linemen coming in. Telling you. And if he could hit on a waiver claim or an undrafted free agent this summer for the offensive line, it's going to be huge. I think it's important to get that objective viewpoint and it really helps to paint the entire picture and maybe bring up some talking points that we never would have discussed without analytics. So I value, so I do value analytics. He's an analytics guy too, which is good. He comes from Philly. Look at what Philly does. Great offensive line. They have like seven or eight different edge pass rushers who rotate. They get it. They understand it starts from the trenches out. They understand it starts with character. So it's good that he's into analytics, but it's so big that he's a former offensive lineman. And folks, be excited about that. Be excited about this hire. He, you could already tell, he understands how to build a team. With McCagnon, you saw big names come in, but you didn't see the completion of anything. You didn't see a vision. You just kept on witnessing him take best available player, in quotes, which is never the case. It's just a cop-out. With Douglas, you see something. You see the tried-and-tested theory that is building from the trenches out is how you build a football team. So, folks, listen. Be excited. This guy knows what he's doing. He said every right thing in one day, as opposed to the last GM, who never once touched on character, 
the intrinsic value of motivation and and will and wanting to be the best and wanting to play and loving the game and passionate and passionate about football and never once preached the importance of the offensive line or the four-man conventional pass rush. Joe Douglas has done that in one day. Be excited. This guy knows what he's doing.